Welcome to Nostrum, the debate soap opera, where deontology is more than just an idea, it's a rebuttal by Jules O'Shaughnessy and the Nostrumite. Before we get going, we do like to remind you that just as Jules and the Nostromite began writing these episodes at the beginning, you should begin listening at the beginning. All of our previous episodes are available at www.jimmenick.com. Our story so far, if you've managed to forget it, is that because of, shall we say, poorly planned events in Miami, Seth B. Obamash has lost his job at Vale of Ignorance. Tarnish Chutmal thought he might be able to get the job since his own school, night and day, is eliminating debate, but that was not to be. In fact, it was Lisa Tort, who we have met only briefly, a young assistant at Manhattan Lodestone, who ended up getting the job. Lisa Tort's boss, her previous boss, of course, was the legendary Mr. Lopat, who we have seen worrying about in his wheelchair, and who we will see again way soon now in episode 43, And You Call Yourself an Immortal? It isn't easy being a debate god. Homer had it right when he imagined divinity, at least as it applies to the debate universe. In the Iliad, while the armies of Agamemnon duke it out with Hector's assorted multitudes, the war moving back and forth between Troy and the ships, the gods also fight amongst themselves, sometimes championing a mortal, especially any mortal they may have sired, sometimes just making trouble for the fun of it. So it is with debate gods. While their mortal students engage on the fields of combat, the gods move among each other, waging their own battles, occasionally descending from Olympus to appear among their human charges, always eternal while their charges change from minute to minute, or at least with every new batch of novices replacing every old batch of graduating seniors, Once in a while, a new god joins the pantheon, occasionally from spontaneous generation, but usually from within the ranks of the mortals. In either case, being a god isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Like Homer's version of Ares, you can get cut up pretty badly when you venture forth into the real world. But also like Ares, the good news is that you are immortal, and you will live to cause new mischief some other day. Ultimately, the problems that come with being a god are pretty much the same as those that face the mortals, the only difference being that the gods are forever. Which is why Mr. Lopat is not happy. As a debate god, he is immortal. But like an Olympian god, he is not exempt from the petty woes of humanity. And at the moment, he is beset by petty human woes. I am not pleased with this, he announces. Like any god, he measures actions as they affect him, even when he is neither their cause nor their effect. Lisa Tort does not respond. They are in the teacher's cafeteria of Lodestone Technical. 
It is 7.30 in the morning, about half an hour before school begins. Other teachers come and go, mostly to collect coffee, doing little more than nodding at their two forensic colleagues. You should have talked to me first, Mr. Lopat goes on. I had high hopes for you at Lodestone, Miss Tort. She sips coffee from a mug on which are printed the words, Narrative isn't. I know you are planning to go on for your masters, he says. He doesn't look directly into her eyes as he speaks. That would be unlikely if you're teaching full time, as you must at Vale of Ignorance. I can still get my masters, she says. How? He stretches the word out as if to deny the likelihood of an answer. I don't know, but I can. You could if you were here. I would have supported you in that. I could have arranged your schedule to allow the necessary days off and the requisite amount of studying time. I am a licensed teacher, Mr. Lopat. I can teach. Vale of Ignorance offered me the job and the debate team. How, how, could, I, how could I turn down that sort of opportunity? Mr. Lopat sighs, then shakes his head. You are so naive, Lisa. She furrows her brow. Naive? No one 22 years old likes to be called naive. No one any age likes to be called naive. They're using you. They've got a problem that needs a quick fix. You are the quick fix. For a short while, everything will be fine, and they'll let you do whatever you want. But once the Obamash brouhaha dies down, they will look at you differently. You will have a free ride for a year or two, but after that, he shakes his head again. You're just saying that, she responds. These are priests, Lisa. You can't trust them. Mr. Lopat whirs over to the coffee maker and helps himself to a half cup of decaf. He is very fond of the parts of his body that still work, and he does his best to treat them well. But he will occasionally allow himself a petty indulgence such as this. You're not being fair to them or to me, Lisa Tort says to his back. He spins around quickly and faces her again. Not being fair? Look what they did to Seth. They didn't do anything to Seth. Seth did it to himself. That seems to be the party line on this, but I don't agree with it. You forget Seth also used to work for me. Say what you will about the man's private life. He is an excellent educator, both in the classroom and as a coach. He made a mistake that in no way affected his team, but rather than rallying around him, they tossed him to the wolves. You didn't expect them to do nothing, did you? Not nothing, but they could have been more discreet. Instead, they fired him practically before his plane landed back in New York. And they replaced him with you even before his seat at the desk was cold. I don't like that. They could have at least consulted me. Lisa raises an eyebrow. Why would they do that, she asks. Mr. Lopat narrows his eyes. If not me, who, he replies. Which is quite the correct response for a god, debate or otherwise. Has anyone heard from Seth? Lisa asks, meekly changing the subject. I have, of course. How is he? How do you think he is? What's he doing? 
He's not teaching at Vale anymore. You're doing that for him. You start on Monday. Lisa nods. Tomorrow is my last day at Lodestone. I was expecting your assistance at the tournament. Manhattan Lodestone's original Vaganza tournament looms closely. It'll be very difficult without you. I'd still love to help, she says. That will not be necessary. I will make do. Even a god can sound like a martyr. Mr. Lopat, I want to help, he nods. Very well. And a god is always magnanimous. He whirs back from the coffee machine. What I really don't understand, he says, is how you intend to handle all those Vale policy debaters. You know nothing about policy. And the god is occasionally cruel. I know more than nothing, but your own training is Lincoln Douglas. I was hoping to perpetuate policy while adding L.D. If you try to bring L.D. to Vale of Ignorance, the ceiling will probably cave in. It's worth a try. There are probably plenty of kids who would rather do L.D. than policy, but Seth never gave them a chance. Seth has trained those students, Mr. Lopat says. The reaction to L.D. will be Pavlovian. All you will have to do is utter the term, and they will be on you like mongrel dogs. Mark my words, they are policy people to the core, and they are trained to believe that any form of debate other than policy is tantamount to heresy. Then it's about time they learned otherwise. Did you explain all this to the priests that hired you? They never asked. I didn't think they would. Anyhow, you still do attend to allow policy. Of course, they have a big team that, that they should go on. With you as their coach. With me as their coach. Well, Lisa, I wish you well, of course. You don't make it sound as if you wish me well at all, Mr. Lopat. But I do, seriously. You can always come to me for help and advice if you need it. No matter what happens, I'm behind you a thousand percent. I'd settle for a hundred. Mr. Lopat never looks comfortable in his wheelchair. And he probably never is comfortable. No one knows what pain, if any, he feels from his disability. Few people even know what his disability is. I want you to leave Lodestone as a friend, Miss Tort. Lisa, regardless of what we've said here today, I would like to think of you as a former protege, someone I have introduced to the forensic world and made a place for in it. Lisa Tort looks at him wide-eyed. Lisa was the NFL national champion half a dozen years ago before she had even heard of Mr. Lopat. Rhetoric was, was one of her areas of study in college. One doesn't expect hubris from a god. It's nice of you to say that, Mr. Lopat. I appreciate it. Excellent. Well then, good luck, Lisa. He whirs his wheelchair out of the cafeteria and into the hallway. It isn't easy being a debate god. Then again, having no sense of reality isn't easy either, even if you're not a debate god. Will Lisa Tort survive without Mr. Lopat's special tutelage? Will the Manhattan Lodestone Original Vaganza Tournament succeed without her? Is anyone really going to want to fly in an airplane with over 800 seats?
Where does Condoleezza Rice buy her traveling clothes? Why does Garth Brooks still wear that hat? Even if we knew the answers, we wouldn't publish them in our next episode, The Wee Kirk, Small Scottish Church or Young Starship Captain. <laughs>